0: Kate's husband works at the hospital. He tested positive for COVID-19. Listen to this story of how COVID affected Kate's family in the UK. Welcome to the Global Party Podcast. I'm Jacqueline Best, host and creator of Best Whole New World, where joy, health, peace, Love and wealth are just the natural vibes. I'll be interviewing real people with real stories from all over the world where they share their transformation, their healing from the inside out. Listen and subscribe and get the health vibe. Welcome everybody. I'm joined by Kate Brown, calm at work, calm at home. She's just calm. She and I are having tea time. We're talking COVID, dun, 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 dun. because Kate is the only person I know in the entire world, out of all the people that I know, that has actually been tested positive and had symptoms. Those are two key ingredients. Some people get tested positive. I still don't know any of those, but um, tested positive and symptoms. So I really want to hear from Kate and her experience with her family so, oh, my darling, T.
1: <laughs> T. is the answer. Um, yeah. So we have had COVID in our house twice. Twice. Just once. Yeah. Why well, only have it? How is that possible? Not <laughs> well, quite. How is that possible? So my husband works in um, a hospital, and to be honest, I'm surprised it took so long for him to get it. I was of the opinion he probably would get it sooner than he did. So it took until November and the only reason he knew he had it was because they get tested every week at work. So he actually didn't have any of these classic symptoms. So he didn't lose his smell, he didn't lose his taste, he knows he didn't have a temperature because every day on his way to in, on his way into work he gets that to to measure the temperature. So he knows he didn't have a temperature. Uh so he didn't have any of the symptoms. And um And he got a positive test. So we were like, oh, well, the symptoms he did have were like tiredness and and everything and just generally feeling under the weather. And I was a bit like, well, I also feel slightly under the weather, have been for a while. Put it down to the fact that it's, you know, winter. Uh, But you're positive and, you know, you sleep in the same bed in the same house. was negative so we have this in the house and we all have to self-isolate together
0: and let's get clear you live like in a 10,000 meter mansion where where <laughs> you where you never have to come in contact with him at all right
1: no <laughs> so there is me my husband and my two kids we live in a flat above a shop we don't have any we have a very very small um like outside space but no grass or and and we, we live in a normal phase, really. Um, so the four of us were self-isolating together, as in we didn't leave the house, but we were in the house together. I know some people have like self-isolated people within their own houses. and I'm not even sure how you'd go about doing that, but we didn't. <laughs> Suffice to say, we didn't do that. Um, so that first time, just taste just was positive. None of the rest of us was positive. Um, the girls didn't have any symptoms at all, and just... Didn't want top the test, so fair enough. Um, and then it was after Christmas. The young I, I got really, really poorly, so um, just exhausted, like really, really exhausted, and like couldn't lift my head off the pillow, exhausted. And it was very classic for me that I knew it was a virus because in the past I've had quite a lot. Of, infections and stuff and, and I know my own body's response to a virus and I was like yeah this is a virus response I know what's going on also had raging temperature and uh just was not with it at all and I've actually properly in bed for like three days I've been like wiped out completely not eating properly and all the rest of it classic viral symptoms um and then when I was well enough which was New Year's Day we thought best go get a test that to be be honest before that I wasn't even well enough to leave the house to go and get one uh, and by this point my younger daughter was also running the temperature and, and not feeling the best so we went <laughs> our first family outing of 2021 <laughs> was to go and get tested, <laughs> tested. on New Year's Day um, so that was marvellous Paul of course my husband he couldn't get tested because it was less than 90 days since he had last had it And the ruling here, I don't know if this is the ruling anywhere else in the world, but the ruling here is that you can't get tested within 90 days of a positive test. I mean, there are so many questions around that, but let's just start that for now. (laughs) I know, I understand that one, right?
0: Like, it's something like that here, too, because I have a girlfriend whose daughter works as a nursing student. And so they got tested positive. She was about to start her, like, work thing. So they told her to wait until the 14 days then they said no what you just have to wait 10 days and then she said 10 days should I get tested before I come to work where I'm working with all these people like no it's okay we don't want you to get tested again and I'm thinking the same as you're thinking like does that does does this I don't even know if they know what they say about these things right so I just Uh want to go back for a minute here just so people get clear so Paul was essentially going to the hospital almost every day, like five out of seven days for like nine months and had no actual symptoms except he got tired and he had a PCR positive test. Yes. Yes. So have you ever been tired before in your life? <laughs> <laughs>
1: well, yes, exactly. And this, this circles back to the point that he would, he would never have taken himself for a test. Based on the way he was feeling. Right. It was just that, his, that for him, because he went in the hospital, test, a weekly test is mandatory. Right. So that's the only reason we knew. At that point, we would never have had any clue at all because he was had none of the symptoms that he
0: was supposed to get. Right. Asymptomatic. What we usually used to yeah. think was healthy. <laughs> You might have had a pair, like you can have a parasite and be asymptomatic sometimes that is hanging around there. But eventually when you have a symptom, that's usually like when Kate got her symptoms, you knew you had a viral infection.
1: Yeah.
0: Totally yeah, different okay. experience.
1: Yeah, completely, completely different. Yeah. Yeah. So
0: do you like... Did Paul catch anything again or get any, any sort of symptoms
1: when you were feeling so awful? Well, no, he didn't have any symptoms. And obviously, he wasn't allowed to have a test. So we have no idea because right. he was allowed to have a test, But he didn't have any symptoms. And um, so I got a test and my two daughters got a test. My younger daughter did already have symptoms, but my older one, we thought, well, it's just, well, we're there. that's just, you know. Part of me was thinking, if, if, it would be quite good if we just all had it and we knew we'd all had it then, you know. But my older daughter didn't have it. She was, she was negative. So she's managed to be in lockdown with us all for a total of 40, uh, no, 28 days, because it's 14 days at a time, so it's for a total of 28 days without ever having caused it. That's
0: amazing, isn't it? For this very contagious virus that you're supposed to stay social distance from people and masks, that you could be in closed quarters, breathing the same air, you know, consistently. <laughs> Were you masked in the house? Yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, you know, there must be some precursor. Does your daughter have a strong immune system?
1: I wouldn't particularly say so, no no stronger than anyone else is or, you know, the rest of us. Um, And it's possible that she did have it at some point previously, just like Paul, but because she wasn't having mandatory tests, we would have had no idea. So, I mean, it is possible that, you know, at some point previously she's had it Um, and, again, been asymptomatic with it. Um, So, yeah, that's how we started the new year. And then it was really interesting because, obviously, the way... The way it started was with me feeling absolutely exhausted and we did have the temperature. The loss of smell and the loss of taste didn't come until after. It was really bizarre. That only kicked in on about day four or five. So yeah. as I was actually starting to physically feel some relief from like, mm-hmm. you know, the worst of it, that's when we were like, Oh, can't taste anything, can't smell anything. How weird. And that that has would have to be the, the single strangest part of the whole experience for me not being able to taste and smell because I have never had that experience before in my life and I'm not sure how I'm not sure how you could ever ever have that experience without having it if you know what I mean like you can't even imagine what it's like not to smell or taste unless you've actually experienced what it's like not to smell it's just bizarre and the biggest impact for me was food like I love food I love eating and I had literally no interest no interest at all and it was, a, it was, a, it was a such a bizarre thing to experience that because there was no smell for me and there was no taste, there was no interest at all. It was just bizarre, yeah.
0: You have also used aromatherapy before, right?
1: Yeah, I love aromatherapy. <laughs> right? So did
0: you grab some oils and try to sniff them and see if you could smell
1: them? Yeah, nothing. nothing. Amazing. Yeah. Like just and the, gone. And the other... Really bizarre thing is like you asked me at the very beginning how I'm I now, and I was like almost 100% better. And I'm saying almost because I think I've got my smell and my taste back, but I'm not actually sure that I have 100% because we were, we've been out at times, like two weeks ago, for instance, we were out walking, and Paul was like, Oh, this stinks here, it's really horrible. Where we were walking, and I nothing, absolutely nothing, and apparently it was a really, really strong, like ammonia smell, nothing, mm-hmm well if I can't smell that and yet I could smell like a baked potato in the oven at home so there is so it, it is that there's a degree to which absolutely I can smell certain things but there's obviously certain things that are still just not getting through at all it's just strange yeah
0: well that kind of works to your advantage if you can smell the baked potato but not the <laughs> ammonia right right and that's That's maybe maybe you have this invisible shield now that says (laughs) no toxics are allowed in your body (laughs) well that's amazing that it it could relate I mean the experience could be so different for each one of you like in you know where I am in Canada it's like we haven't even had anybody hospitalized, right, so we've had one hundred and eleven cases. I don't even know if any of them had any symptoms. I keep saying, <laughs> were they all just tests and no symptoms, right? You know um because p c r tests have been questioned about how effective, even the World Health Organization came back, I think, on January twentieth and said, "You've got to start to disclose your cycles anything above twenty seven compare it with symptoms because there's too many false positives so you had that experience now with the people in your life is everybody getting COVID like is it is it really as rampant in the UK when in you in your own circle as I'm reading about
1: well it's interesting because um obviously me the younger daughter and my husband have had it we're in one household um my husband so my in-laws have had it and the two sister-in-laws have had it with their families but not all of their families of course. it so and, and they're all in there. the same house too yes yeah. yes yeah. and it was really interesting because the first time when Paul had it and I didn't catch it there were quite a few people that reached out to me and said that they'd heard of that where like a husband had it but the wife didn't or the wife had it and the husband did it didn't um and that was the case with one of my sister-in-laws as well so there's definitely like a, uh, it's not, it's not like a. If you get it in your house, everyone in your house is automatically, definitely going to get it. That doesn't seem to be actually right. borne out in my my personal experience and my family's experience. On my side, nobody's had it. Absolutely nobody's had it. And I have uh, a sister and a brother-in-law who work in school and still are going into school every day and stuff and have been the whole time. So it's not as if it's not even as if. The people in my life aren't in situations where they you know they're not it's not like they're at home constantly enough therefore wouldn't be exposed to it they're going right. going to a hospital going to a school you live living that you're going to get exposed to people who potentially have it on right? you so yeah yeah but having said that I mean I don't I, I chose not to listen to the news in March <laughs> I made that decision um and so I get most of my my information secondhand through Paul or you know other people um but I'm told that the numbers are still rising. The numbers of people with a positive test are still constantly going up and still rising. So somebody somewhere is testing positive at some point every day,
0: I <laughs> suppose, yes. well, well, it's funny because like, I stopped doing the news thing back in, I think, in the 90s. and <laughs> But yet this year... I started watching the news because I just couldn't believe what they were reporting. Right. Like I just, to me, it never, it just never resonated with me. Like this is when I always talk about trusting your inner guidance. When we did the global party in March of last year, spontaneously, right? 48 hours ago, we said it was a gift, right? Everybody's getting to like the whole world's getting to shut down for a moment and we get to stop and decide what we value right, to take this time and really discover what's true for each one of us. Um, Most of us felt like it was going to be longer than two weeks. Um, I I just couldn't, like, I like to look at this almost like it's like slow motion. And I think there's those of us that feel pretty confident that our immune system is capable of handling viruses and bacteria because there's a gazillion of them around us all the time and then there's those that are totally scared to death but in the in the, say the 80% are in this bubble of which way do they go can they trust yeah. do they you know are they leaning towards what they're saying and so all this conversation that keeps being projected out into the media gives people that chance to to choose like I have a brother who is in Toronto, and he works in a long-term care home. And same thing, he's tested every week like Paul, right? Um, I think they have 130 residents. Most of them are over 85. They were giving them vitamin D and zinc even before it was suggested that that helps. That's just something they do in the winter. Not covered by health insurance. They just did it anyways for their um, residents. I think they had five workers come down with mild symptoms. Everybody was healed. They had four people that came down with symptoms. Nobody died from COVID. However, they've all just had their first injection. (laughs) And and I was like, uh, you know, that's the one for me. It's like if you are already been going through all this, right? And if you know that you're not necessarily going to get your visitors back and your life back, right, if all the restrictions are still going to stay in place, what's the advantage of injecting something into your body that you didn't have before if you've been healthy?
1: Yeah, and that's something that I've definitely struggled with because people, you know, this whole narrative of the vaccine is the way out. And that's been the narrative seemingly from the beginning we need to wait for vaccine the vaccine will be the way out I remember right at the very beginning you know and I I, I admit I don't know where the source of this fact is but I remember reading that you know from the introduction of a smallpox vaccine to the eradication of it was 250 years you know so we're not talking about a quick fix and I know things have improved in the time since the smallpox vaccine research but the point is there that this whole idea that the vaccine is the way out and this is what we need to rely on. Really? Because at the minute, nobody seems to know how long the vaccine's going to last, how much protection it actually gives, whether it's going to be any use for any of the new variants or not. And and, all, and there's just such disparate information about it. And I looked at up the other day, and it was saying, you know, vaccine way forward, it's, you know, open up society, blah, 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 blah. blah. And they information for people who are shielding so in the uk if you've got specific underlying health conditions or things you have to you can sent a letter months and months and months ago and told you have to shield and basically that means you've not left your house since march if you decided to follow that so these people are like top of the list to get a vaccine mm-hmm. first but the information is once you've had your vaccine you still can't go out so why are we having a vaccine if the vaccine isn't allowing you to go out and to Stop your shielding because they actually don't know that it's working. Essentially, is what they're saying, we don't actually know that this works well enough to allow you to go out, but have it anyway. You must have it anyway. Why? Why would you have something that we're not sure is working? On the same page that I read that, I also read that if you have had COVID, you must still get the vaccine. Okay, why? Why are we doing that? If we're giving a vaccine to people who are shielding, at the same time saying you still actually have to shield because we're not 100% sure it works, why are we then saying that if you've had COVID, you you must still get the vaccine if you offered it? Why why are we saying that? And then only last week the the information came out about, and again I may have got the figures slightly wrong, something like 90-95% to of people who have actually had COVID remain with immunity six months later whereas it's only 83% of people who have had both their injections, so it's after the 12 week span as well, not even after your first injection, you still have to wait 12 weeks for your second injection. Even then, only 83% have got any sort of immunity. So why on earth are we saying to people who have had it, who have got 90% chance of having immunity, but you must have a vaccine as well? Why? It's the variant. And except except that there's now, there's now, and that's thing, they're saying, The original information that I read said, yes, you must have it because, exactly what you said, because the vaccine is showing to be good against all these variants. Well, hang on a minute. If what a vaccine does is makes your body have a reaction, an immunological reaction to something, and if I've had it, my body's already done that. And your vaccine was made pre all these extra strains. So if your vaccine pre all these extra strains will also be efficient against all these extra st- strains, then my body's response, which it's already had, will also be efficient against all these extra strains. Thank you very much. That, that that makes sense to me. But you're telling me that isn't true and that I need your vaccine for this. And then now they're saying, oh, but hang on, it might not actually be true of the vaccine either. Well, no, because you can't have these two things that are completely disparate, can you, As, Three. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. I heard one doctor say that because it's an MRA vaccine, it's like supposed to be a smart vaccine, you know, in the sense of it's going to help your immune system. And the controversy was, well, if you've already had COVID, your immune system already knows that it's, it's handled it. So then yeah. when you stick this in that is going to trigger this, what kind of controversies are gonna cause in your immune system, is it then gonna think that it's been invaded again, right? Like it's not, it's not like the polio vaccine. And I think that's the, the, the original vaccines and the smallpox vaccine and this vaccine are two entirely different yeah. animals. Mm-hmm. I, I, would like, I started to call this one an injection versus yeah. a vaccine because truthfully, who knows what they're putting in your body? You're just trusting. Oh.
1: Well, also, like the definition of a vaccine is that it gives it offers protection for the individual, but it also stops the spread. That's the whole point of a vaccine. Well, it seems to be that this vaccine potentially doesn't do either of those two things. Potentially, okay. uh, certainly, you know, if you're in the sixth what's what one hundred percent great, my mask isn't good. <laughs> like seventeen <laughs> like percent of the people who get the vaccine who end up with no immunity well then you've had a vaccine you've got no immunity individually and if you're still having to shield then it's also giving no immunity it's yeah. not interrupting the, the spread of it is it it's not stopping it well that's the definition of a vaccine it has to do those two things to be a vaccine yeah if it's not doing those two things it's not a vaccine yeah.
0: i i heard a, a doctor here on the island and i i had to give my head a shake like i'm still <laughs> it, it's he said so they started doing the vaccines. Of course, in the seniors home, right? They target the most vulnerable that have survived. <laughs> but they're not changing their life. And I and I kinda go, oh. um, I was speaking to someone well, not one on a first in the in the indigenous community, and they were saying, Hey, we've been experimented on enough in our life. Like we're we're <laughs> just gonna hold <laughs> hold on this one. And so the doctor said, Okay, so you get the vaccine and you're still gonna have to keep wearing the mask because people don't know if you've had the vaccine or not so that'll make them feel more comfortable and then you still as you say you have to shield because we don't know if maybe you could pass it on to them <laughs> so now you're like a walking walking covid weather. however he says however we do know that it it works against the the UK variant <laughs> and i was like so how how when the when the vaccine was developed before the UK variant was even varied and, you know like even showing up that it can work against that but we don't know any of the other stuff that it can be and and now i really listen to the words and they all say the symptoms will be diminished that's the advantage of the vaccine we think the symptoms will be diminished if you get the vaccine and the rest is a wild card yeah yeah so overall, in your house now, everybody is feeling.
1: Yeah, everyone's feeling absolutely fine. It's just whether we've all got a hundred percent smell and taste back is still to be debated. Now your
0: littlest one, did she besides the fever, did she how has she been affected yeah.
1: by it? Again, absolutely exhausted and again lost to smell and taste. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, pretty similar really, yeah.
0: So is it coming back for her? Like, is her taste and smell back? Like, or is she still questioning it like you?
1: Yeah, again, we think hers is probably probably back. But yeah, there's still every now and again a bit of a question mark. Because she says, oh, no, I didn't smell that or I can't smell that. And so, yeah, I don't know really. And I think that's what's strange as well. The fact that it seems to come and go a little bit is weird. (laughs) I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. Yeah, because that that is a a you know
0: a completely different. It's almost like a an autoimmune thing, right? When things come and go, you mm-hmm. know, like with um, fibromyalgia is what I'm th- you know the one that comes to me that sometimes people have really uh, vicious symptoms and can't do anything, and other days they have better days. I have always wondered, since I mean I've had a ton of vaccines myself, but do do those also affect our immune system? And every time we get vaccinated, it's like our, our immune system has one more thing to deal with that maybe it didn't need to deal with if we trusted that our trillion dollar computer in our body can handle things.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's interesting as well with the what you said about the connections of things coming and going being like an autoimmune think um i did a training only yesterday it was a muscle training but it was about whiplash and long whiplash and the lady was saying that, that she feels that there's a potential she thinks there's a potential link between that and long covid in oversensitization. so what we can get is, is an oversensitization to things and that's not to say like the pain that we feel in a whiplash two years later isn't real it is but it's chronic which means that at that point any damage, any physical damage is well repaired. The body's done its job and it's gotten better. And what's happening there is is almost more a nerve thing. So your brain is, is, is ramping up a pain signal where there shouldn't be one. So potentially the similar sort of thing is happening in long COVID as well, where physically everything's fine. The body's repaired itself and everything's fine. But for whatever reason, there's a hypersensitivity or, or lack thereof in the case of smell and taste to those particular areas that just
0: sort of lingers a little bit, possibly. Well, well, even someone that has PTSD, right? People go, "Well, you're fine, right?" Like someone comes back from work, you're fine. You're, and they're like, "No, I, I can still see the people bursting through my door, right?" So there's, there's these flashes and experiences we have that are memories, or, or. Or whatever that's going on like we're, we're far more complicated than a piece of machinery Yeah. and I think what would be great too is if you you wanted to share like it's not like you're just um you have experience with the human body don't you <laughs> <laughs> I'm <not the> master. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean you you you've traveled the path of health right you help people want to stay in that space of calm so you've had personal experiencing noticing like p- some people hold on to their stress more than others right
1: mm, absolutely yeah yeah
0: so is is did you th- i guess in terms of that do you, did you find that some of the Were there little things you could do to help lessen your symptoms, or did you just have to ride it out?
1: Well, on that, actually, I got a slightly unusual, potentially unusual symptom, which was the worst for me, which was worse than the fever or the tiredness, and that was I got essentially double sciatica down both legs, and it stopped me being able to sleep. It was really, really painful. I thought, it's sciatica, I know I know the pulls, I know how to pull this out, I'll pull it out, and I did all the pull, nothing, it wasn't moving. Um, and it was a friend's husband, who's a yoga teacher, jumped on a Zoom with me, and showed me, reminded me of how to breathe, and reminded me to breathe, and importantly, to breathe out. Because obviously when you breathe out, all your core muscles engage, and that lifts all the muscles off the nerves and helps recenter everything. 20 minutes later, remembering and being reminded how to breathe out, like paying gone. It was absolutely, it was, and, and for me again, it was just a re, because also I got, I have a chest weakness historically, and what I got with COVID was uh, a productive cough, so not this dry cough, it was a very productive cough, again, I was very indicative of what I would have got in the past. So the combination of that with COVID and not not particularly moving for a long period of time, because I was in bed for three days, meant that essentially I'd stopped breathing properly and I'd stopped breathing out. So I was holding on to, physically holding on to, but also physically, that's all like grief and everything as well, isn't it? Holding on to stuff that I just didn't need to be holding on to. And so that was that was a big moment for me breathing out and consciously breathing in and out and consciously using the breath just to let go and uh, to, to, reduce, uh, to reduce pain but to reduce pain in my legs it's pain in my legs, that's what pain <laughs> and I was breathing to reduce pain in my legs yeah
0: so is that something that you could model for us when you say making sure you're breathing out because I think people are like well isn't that what I just do naturally <laughs>
1: You know? yeah absolutely so there are, t- there are two there are three different things to do so the first one would be to where should we start in the beginning in the beginning yeah, there was the, beginning the word okay <laughs> so what I'd like you to do is you're going to do a big breath in as big a breath in as you can and on the out breath you're going to sigh and if the sigh is going to have the sort of feeling of if you come in through the front door after a long day at work and you just got sort to of close the front draft yourself. Yeah. So big breath in. And the next one's gonna be the say out will be as if you're really looking forward to a holiday. So big big breath in. And the next one now, the say out is gonna be You've arrived at your holiday destination, you're getting off the plane, and you just that excitement of being there. Okay, so big breath in. <laughs> so, part of that idea is sign in different places. That first sigh would have been very top of your mm-hmm. shoulder sigh. And as we've got, as we sort of went further with different emotions, you breathe a bit deeper. And another way of doing that is to put your hand in those different places and if we try and breathe into those different places. So you can put your hands on your diaphragm mm-hmm. and as you breathe in, <laughs> you're almost kind of like lift your hands up. Right. So you breathe in. And you lift your hands up. And just breathe out completely. So that's, that's how you know you've got your diaphragm engaged. That's how you know you've got, you're not just breathing with your shoulders, you're breathing much deeper. But quite often, that's our dichotomy. Like, we either breathe with our shoulders really shallow or we breathe with our diaphragm. But we've got this whole bit at the side, which we should and need to be breathing with. (laughs) So if you put your hands on the side of your Mm ribs, and what we're aiming for now is as you breathe in, you're going to push your hands away from your body, and we're going to get into those side ribs. And then you breathe out. So this time, you're going to breathe into your diaphragm, and then after you breathe into your diaphragm, you're going to... Breathe so that you, the hands are moving apart, if that makes sense. So, breathing into your diaphragm and then into your hands. And then the final one is to get your hands right up underneath your, well, right in, into your, oh my goodness, words have escaped me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I picked Yeah, it's with no words I'm looking for. (laughs) So, right in. So, it's right at the top of your ribs, right at the very top. And this time, that's where you're going to try and breathe in. So, you're going to try and breathe both parts of your ribs out. And then let go of that. Could you feel that that was different to when you had your hands slightly lower down? Yeah. And so the, the big thing then ultimately is to try and breathe into all three areas. So you're going to try and breathe into your diaphragm, into your mid ribs and into your upper ribs, sort of in that order. And think of it as you're inflating a big balloon because <laughs> <laughs> that's what you're doing. final one you can think about as well is to breathe into your back that's the other area quite often we can breathe into our front and we breathe into our chest Mm -hmm. quite well quite often we don't breathe into our back and that's much easier than if you're actually lying down and then you can imagine and visualize breathing into your back because it actually lifts you up off the floor if you're lying on it you can really feel that well
0: that's amazing because like you know when people put their conscious intention on how they're breathing, COVID is that idea that it's affecting your lungs, you know, mm-hmm. for so many people. And and although, you know, the original idea was to put them on ventilators, they soon learned that that was um, really killing them. I interviewed a doctor and he was saying, well, truthfully, that's all we knew in the beginning because we didn't think there was any sort of treatment. So they they came to the hospital and we'd say, well, you don't really have any symptoms. <laughs> Just go home until you can't breathe. <laughs> And then you come home, and we'll stick you. Come back, and we'll stick you in the ventilator. And then you'll, you know, it was. Um, so this idea that there are preventatives like vitamin D and zinc and breathing and being conscious, and and then treatment like iverbectin or hydrochloroquine. Now it's it's coming up more and more all the time. The studies. There's lots of things that we can do to give people choice other than just the vaccine.
1: Mm, yeah yeah
0: right I I I feel like it's like to me when you're doing the lungs I like to also put people you know in the heart is to your heart is if you just put your hand on your heart or you imagine your heart is beating forward and backwards like it's actually supporting and sending the blood and and how and you know visualizing like children would do that are in cancer wards that they're you know the white blood cells are taking care of everything you know, the, the infection. And, and when you start to use your mind about what you want to achieve, it changes the focus on the discomfort because the discomfort and the fear is so constricting.
1: Yes, completely. Absolutely. And that was, and again, that was a big thing for me. Obviously, I was aware that I was going into fear with my legs an annoyance because I couldn't sleep and because I couldn't sleep that was then a very negative cycle that was putting me further and further into that position and I was breathing less and less and and it was was a a downward negative spiral and I was lucky because you know my friend helped reached out and helped um and I can see how it's how easy it is to get into those negative you know downward spirals in any part of life for any reason it's so easy to get into them um and it's e- equally simple often the way to get out of them if we just know what it is breathing is so simple and we all have access to it but i wouldn't i was in such a downward spiral in place i wouldn't have thought this is what i need to do having said that i was already trying to breathe more deeply so there was a part of me that was aware I needed to breathe more deeply what I wasn't doing was the full extent and I wasn't sitting up to do it and I wasn't standing up to do it and I wasn't doing it in different you know mm-hmm. so there's always I think there's always and that's I think where you talk about like your intuition and and you know your inner guidance there's always a part of you that knows what to do and it's trying to get you to do it uh, and I think it depends how how far you are down the spiral as to whether or not you can even hear it, act on it, know what to do with it. And sometimes you just need someone else, you need someone else to reach down and give you a bit of a hand really.
0: Well, I think that's a great point is because if you're going down the downward spiral, like, so did, was it, was it the sense that the friend just
1: reached out and said, Hey, how are you doing? Yeah. She'd messaged me and asked me how I was doing. And I had been really honest and I told her in my reply, I'm, I'm, I'm really bad. These legs are driving me bonkers. I can't sleep and I'm in a really bad place. And again, I think there's a degree to which we aren't honest. When people ask us how we are, yeah. fine, we're fine, we're fine. Yeah. And I wasn't. Yeah. So when you give the gift of honesty like that, she was unable to give me the gift of help. It, it, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and,
0: and so to me, that's, that's that sense of um, help shows up. It does show up. It's whether or not, as you just said, are we open to receiving it, or do we just want to put on the "I got this" pretty face sort of thing? Mm-hmm. I remember having a time like that where I was like catatonic, and I was—I had these thoughts coming to me like, "I just don't want to. I just don't want to live." And I—I can see. I'm like, I'm curled up in bed, and I'm like thinking, "This do, this doesn't even seem logical or rational," but yet it was so like this big, huge coat of stuff was all over me and the phone rang and I answered the phone and the same idea it was it was a friend who said how how are you I was thinking about you (laughs) and I started to say the same thing like I'm okay and then I'm I'm like no I'm I think I want to kill myself right and she's like what and she just she just spoke some she opened up a little book that we had book words of wisdom and she just read some words and it was like an instant pop of the balloon and it was all of a sudden, I remembered talking to this man yesterday about, um, like, when I was fully open, he called about going to see this documentary film. And he, he said, oh, he couldn't do this. He was full of depression. And I said, don't worry, I can help you. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, well, I'll, you know, I'll get back to you. And what I got was I somehow identified with, like, it's like I identified with his energy. And once yeah. it just a prick of the balloon and it disappeared, it was like, ah, oh, freedom again. And so I guess what we're saying here in both these situations is that people reach out to you because they might be getting that guidance to reach out to you because they're the solution to your situation. Truthfully see this as a global opportunity for people to start to take more responsibility for their health and their life. And we will close off with that. May you all be calm at home. (laughs) healing from the inside out is what the entire planet is doing right now every single person is coming face to face with their fears false expectations appearing real even though it seems so real It's when you start to do your own inner work, your outer world shifts. It's like bending reality. If you want to experience more calm, centeredness, and trust your inner guidance to actually lead you to your heart's desires and be co-creative in this brand new world that you wish to see, then hop on over to my website at bestwholenewworld.com and sign up for the next five-day experience. Have an awesome day. You deserve it. You're essential.